Um, so I have not read any of the Final Tribal Council, but I feel like I can probably still uh, do the podcast without that knowledge. Yeah, I don't think we'll, we'll talk too much about like what's going on at Final anyway. Okay, perfect. Yeah, mainly like a catch up of the week since I think the last book Sunday. So that would have been before the double. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So we have a lot to catch up on with that, but we'll try to go through it. Let me do the intro and then we'll, I guess we'll get to it. Sounds good. All right. 32 days, 24 all-stars, one co-host and one podcast. This is your host, Pooty. I'm joined today by LaVita, a.k.a. Lara. Hello. I'll say I'm English today. <laughs> today we'll be talking through the final nine Tribal Council up through the final two. So uh, to cover, a lot of intrigue happened this final week. I think one of our best final weeks we've ever had. No shortage of gameplay for sure. They definitely backloaded this season with drama and gameplay. <laughs> yes. I can't say that the final two are are too much of a surprise. Like they, they could be kind right. of expected, but the path that took us there is not how I would have expected it to go. Not at all. And it, it, it really improved my opinion of the entire season this past week. I think this was the meat and potatoes that we were waiting for. So let's get into it and talk about that double tribal on Sunday. We kind of suspected Baden and Daisy would be targeted. I did not expect the craziness that ensued. So the first council Baden went home which i thought was weird i thought Baden would go home as like the easy second tribal boot but Mm -hmm. he seemed to be the easy consensus first tribal boot which is still weird to me but uh Baden gets a unanimous vote off almost well it wasn't unanimous uh daisy voted um right with well daisy voted differently than everybody else but Baden forgot to vote so it looked unanimous and everybody thought daisy forgot to vote right kind of blamed her for that and thought thought she wasn't like on top of her thing her stuff did she know that he was going home i feel like she didn't i don't think she did um she thought it might have been a blindside on her she had actually uh she said a, a few times she wrote a goodbye message in her notes app during the first tribal council she thought it was her getting blindsided and she get, did get blindsided but it wasn't her that left that tribal yeah and then she ends up getting blindsided in the second tribal council as did all of the players and all of the hosts and lurkers I was completely (laughs) shook. Did not see that coming at all. It was thrilling to watch live. I thought a potentially game-winning move happened when all the votes were going on Daisy. It was very obvious she was supposed to go home. And Ben decides to play his public immunity idol. It was public, although I don't know how many people had it on their radar. He plays his idol for Daisy, canceling out all her votes, and they target Sarah, which I thought was a very smart move, but a very unexpected, like completely unexpected. I had no idea that was coming. It was a complete shock. Um, Ben himself, I don't think, decided to do it until halfway through the second tribal council. And I thought it was a super smart move of his... You know, how else are you going to use a public idol? Everybody, there's there's kind of, you know, we've seen the pattern. Somebody gets a public idol and then they're able to bluff with it for a while. And then they finally play it on themselves because they're either forced to or they just burn it. They, you know, nothing really ends up happening with it. I don't think you normally see public idols used on somebody else, do we? Yeah, especially for like a blind side. <laughs> they I- were so comfortable <laughs> giving him this plan. And he's like, well, I can do whatever I want with this plan. I know exactly how you guys are voting yeah really big oversight on their part and really 
fantastic gameplay for for Ben. I thought, you know, it was funny. The parallels between this season and the first Australia became a little bit more apparent here where Joaquin notoriously idled out Moana, I think. I'm pretty sure it was Moana. Uh, But that was like his game winning move where he was kind of under the radar, playing okay, but just social. And once he made that idle play, he instantly became a front runner. It improved his position. It gave him some bonus points in front of a jury on a very over the top gameplay season. And so I thought, I mean, it was very, this was very close to being a repeat of that. I thought, you know, hell, maybe the, the way to win Australia is to idle someone at the final seven, you know? <laughs> It was wild. And I had, we'd seen Flicka do similar impulsive things in the past. Not impulsive, but things that you should do, I think, when you're Big playing moves, a game. you know, you're making yeah, a well, statement. Yeah, I don't even know if it's that so much as like a a move. You're making mm-hmm. a move. And uh, <laughs> it all too often people don't, right? Or they're not visible. Yeah. We've seen people go home this season with idols or uh, just wasting their idols or, you know, nothing happening because they're playing it safe. And, you know, maybe that works for some people, but I don't know if it gets you the win. The win. Yeah. And we'll talk about that later tonight when we discuss the final two, because mm-hmm. I think that that point is going to come up again. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, Ben knew that at that point, you know, final seven, final eight, like he didn't have the best social game. He had this public idol. For some reason, nobody tried to flush the idol during the double tribal because, you know, they weren't thinking about that at all. Kind of forgot it existed. And so it kind of looked like he was just going to, you know, be able to keep it until six, hopefully win a couple immunities, use it when he didn't have immunity and use it to get himself further. But as you said, that's not how you win a game to just keep your idol until final six and play it if you don't need to. Right. Especially an all-star game. That that mm-hmm. distinction needs to be made because I think you can win that way. In a regular season, it's hard, but you can because people aren't expecting the flashiest of moves. But to win an all-stars, I think you have to have something you've done to point to. And it can't just be you were likable. You know? Yes. A Scooby-Doo reveal is never going to work in an all-star season. No. And nobody... People want someone to win who has played an impressive game they don't want to lose to someone who just played it safe especially because a lot of these jurors you know they are impressive people they've played very good games in the past they played a good game this season they want you know something something tangible to kind of like point to and they say this is why i voted for this person to win right so sarah goes home completely unexpected i think it was a brilliant move for Flicka because she's someone who i thought stood a very good shot at winning definitely so it was a really good insight for him to get rid of that under the under the radar threat the next tribal council another big under the radar threat ends up getting blindsided i was totally blindsided here because i thought for sure michelle was going to play her idol at this tribal council but she wanted to ride it through i know so Yeah, so the lead up to this round, Michelle and Gerard are kind of pushing Ben. You know, he's the big challenge guy, even though I don't know. I think that was just a perception thing. I don't think he was actually that beast at challenges compared to everybody. But right. Ben and Daisy were trying to target Gerard. And then David and Sharon say, you know what? We're going to push Michelle instead. And so for the longest time, my question that night was, will Michelle find out her name's out? Because I would think that the second, it's final seven, the second you hear that you might be an alternate vote, 
two votes, one vote doesn't matter. Play that idol. You've got one more round to play it. Right. Like play it when you know you're getting a couple of votes. And so I just thought, you know, I thought they were playing really well. Nobody knew. Um, and then later, about 15, 20 minutes before the round started, Matt tells Gerard that there is a push for Michelle that he doesn't think is working. And Gerard passes that on to Michelle. So she knows her name is out there and she decides not to play the idol. Goes home five to two. Do we remember who pushed it? Was it Sharn and David? Yes. Yeah, it was David and Sharn. Um, kind of together. This is really um, where we see them come together. Yes, they've had a lot of... The, David and Sharn's relationship throughout this season has been really interesting to watch. I was really rooting for them to be the final two because you know, they worked really closely together then David betrayed Sharn and then Sharn betrayed David and then they kind of had this, you know, will we won't we thing going on and then they really came together here to, to push Michelle. David pushed Michelle to Matt and Sharn pushed Michelle to towards to like Ben and Daisy just kind of had to go along with it, even though she really wanted Gerard out. Yeah. Yeah. Very unfortunate for Michelle, who I thought played a phenomenal game. I'm, I'm so good. I'm not surprised she went out because I think her her target was getting too big. Um, and I, I actually think had she played an idol, she would have had to win out on challenges. And I don't know if that was in the cards. I mean, certainly Donnie is a beast of challenges, but so are a lot of people and some of them are pretty random. So I actually think it was definitely the big dilemma. Right. I mean, you know, she plays the idol, saves herself. Then she's definitely target number one anyway. Right. So, yeah. And I think that was kind of her argument why she didn't play it. You know, she was kind of like, well, if all these people betrayed me anyway, and I have the majority vote on me, playing the idol is just going to prolong it one more one more day. And it's if tough. I play it and I don't need it, will I then become the target because I played the idol? And they'll think that that made me, you know, a huge thing when I didn't need it. It's tough because I think by that point, it's too late. I think she's already labeled as the bigger threat to win. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to change that with, you know, I think aside from being under the radar, which then you don't have a great shot to win. I mean, that's how she lost last time. So really it's a, a such a difficult position. balance. Yeah, especially all stars are weird. Um, but regardless <laughs> of all that, I really thought she she played a fantastic game. I think she was a front runner and I was happy that she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she played incredible. So then the next tribal council is a blind side on Matt, who I don't know if he was necessarily super shocked, but I do know this was one of Sharn's big moments. And then we see several more of those coming up in the in the following few days. But also David betraying Matt was a big, a big deal, I thought. Yeah, I mean, that was interesting because he technically never had to betray Matt. Sharn, you know, Sharn let him in on all the plans and she had his consent to use her leave tribal council advantage on him. Um, but she didn't, you know, I don't think she would have trusted him. I don't, and I don't think he would have voted out Matt at that tribal council. Had he been there, I don't think he would have written Matt's name down. Right. And I really, I have to commend, this was like Sharn's stamp on the season as, okay, she's not going to be under the radar, invisible. I mean, which we knew, but this was like her coming out as the player that we know she is. Um, So she plays her advantage on David, who has to leave tribal council without a vote, which I thought was a baller move. I didn't Mm -hmm. even think of that advantage being played that way. I mean, I don't know why I didn't, but it's such a cool way to play it. A smart way to play it. I love that. Yeah, I love the the use of that advantage. Instead of sending yourself out of tribal council, self-preservation, using it 
it to get somebody you don't necessarily trust on the vote out to make sure the outcome you want goes home. Now, there's a huge risk with that. I mean, somebody plays a leave tribal council. I say, wait, why are we not voting this person out? Um, They they just played an advantage and and left themselves vulnerable. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's the inherent risk. But you got to I mean, I respect the hell out of that move because that is ballsy. Yeah. Um, And she really weaponized that twist, which we didn't even think how that was going to work. And I thought it was awesome. And then after that, you had Matt, who was completely shook by that, decide to change his vote and try to get something together to blindside. I don't even remember who. Daisy. There was there was some talk about maybe it being a, a vote on Ben or Gerard. We're being told each other and then uh, tried to switch it to Daisy last second when David left to see if he could maybe get Ben and Gerard both on Daisy. And just everybody just thought, you know, you're too big of a threat at this point, Matt. And, and to be frank, he... He was. Matt is another person who played an amazing game this season just from the get-go, hit the ground running, form, was in everybody's ear, really ran things for a majority of the game, but could not keep that threat level under wraps. Yeah, I, it, this this final, I mean, there's so much impressive scrambling going on, not even just at Tribal Council, but before. I'm, I'm sure these guys are exhausted because there is so much gameplay happening this final week, which usually you don't see. Usually it's pretty straightforward final week where you just got to get rid of one or two people who are the biggest threats. This is everyone was a big threat. So mm-hmm. I do not envy their position. They end up getting rid of Matt going along with Sharon's plan. Unfortunately for Matt, I, I was super impressed with Tommy. Shout out to him this season. Fantastic yes. game, as you said, uh, and as everyone could obviously see. So then we have our final five. Very exciting final five. And I was not expecting again. I was not expecting this at all. But that tribal council was so lit. David, <laughs> we're fine. We're seeing the fruit of the David and Sean Alliance drama come out because those two have a weird competitive collaboration going on is what I would call it. They're both very, they know that they're snakes and they know they're just playing the best that they can, but they still kind of respect each other and like each other. So they're working together when it's convenient. And this whole season we saw Daisy was basically Sharn's back pocket vote. And I was expecting this tribal council to go where Sharn was going to get rid of probably Ben. I thought yeah. that did not happen. <laughs> Sharn decided, well, first of all, David created a fake advantage, assuming he was going to be in trouble and decided to use the fake extra vote as a way to bluff through this final five and get rid of who he wanted, which was Daisy. And he whipped that out of tribal council. Sharn says, she knew about that, that it was fake and that what or rather she, that did affect her decision one way or the other. I don't know that I believe that. I thought in the middle of tribal council, I'm pretty sure she switched her vote. Yeah, he he made the push literally 10 minutes into tribal council where I Super think impressive. the votes were on Ben and he messages Sharn, I think, and is just like, hey, I don't think we should get rid of Ben after all. I really think it should be Daisy. And she just said, OK, and did it. Which really, I do think, is what put the edge over on David over Sharn, because I, I do agree that I think Daisy might have betrayed Sharn further down the line, not wanted her in the end with her, um, maybe even would have seen David as a better pick to take to the end. I'm not sure how Daisy would have gone forward had she made it further. But I think Daisy staying would have been better for Sharn. I agree. I think getting rid of Daisy was David's potentially, depending on how this plays out tonight, we still don't know, potentially his game winning move. And I know he got a ton of shit for it. 
Yes, nobody really expected Daisy to go there because they all kind of thought she was a lock for for the end. I think they were expecting, Jury was expecting a final three at this point. You know, there's final five left. They all expected that the three of David, Ben, and Sharn would probably each be jockeying to get to final three with Daisy and Gerard there. And instead, Daisy leaps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have to give a sh- kudos to David as well, because he's really the only one who sussed that there might be a final two. Mm-hmm. And he's been or at least he's the only one who was very vocal about that throughout all of his planning. So he had a contingency plan just in case. Whereas I don't think anyone else even had that on their radar or at least dismissed it immediately. Right. Which I think is why he's there right now. Mm-hmm. So Daisy goes home. The next tribal council is the final one. They assumed it was going to be the final tribal council before, before the final tribal council, the, the uh, penultimate council, I guess. <laughs> but it ended up it ended up being a double where we went from four to two instead of four to three. And that had its own excitement. Super exciting. I mean, the whole thing, every moment of the season was fantastic. This final four tribal council, they had a push to a tie. We've yes. had a tie. David defected and teamed up with Ben, told Ben last minute. All right, vote for Sharn. So David yes. and Ben voted for Sharn, his good buddy. Sharn and Gerard voted for Ben. Neither Gerard nor David changed their vote. So we ended up with a tie-breaking challenge at Final Four. Completely shocked. And even more shocking. Sharn won it. Sharn won it. <laughs> like, handedly won it. I think a, a kudos to her social game on that one. Because I don't think Ben had a very strong one where he would know, like, who did what. Mm-hmm. And I think she scored, like, higher than most people have ever scored in that challenge, I think. Wow. Yeah, I want to say, like, the few times we've done that, the most people gets, like, two or three. And I think she got, like, five. Jeez. Four. So uh, she handedly won that, which I loved because the final three was delicious. We had David and Gerard who just screwed over Sharn. Sharn kind of knew it was written on the wall. So she and she was pissed that it was the final two. Because otherwise yeah. she'd be in the final three and potentially could win. And probably it would have been close, but she had a very, very good shot at winning. Definitely. I was I was really rooting for her in that final immunity challenge, man. Like cause she it, it, it sucks to be in that position where it's basically like, okay, I either win the game I could I could win the game here by winning this challenge or I lose everything. It does suck. It also sucks that this is all stranded and not stranded because it was stranded to be a final three. Yep. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm kind of angry that it wasn't a final three because I would have loved to crown Rudy the winner. But that's not what we plan. That's not what all stranded is. So unfortunately, it's a final two and David beats this challenge. So David decides to send home by a his bunch. good buddy, Sean. Yeah, by he like He destroys lot. this challenge. I mean, he bids all his coins for an advantage he doesn't even need because he's the first person to submit and submits it perfectly. So David votes out Sean legendary player Rudy I thought I was depressed because I was like oh finally Rudy finally is going to get his win after like so many close calls but yet again Rudy is uh bridesmaid here it would have been so epic I will say though I am uh, there's another poetic side to this in that David narrowly lost to Lucy by losing this challenge in his season so the fact that he was able to win it and got out Sharn in this similar situation to where he got out before and lost the season, I think is kind of beautiful as well. I especially loved, uh, I, I got emotional reading it, his confessional about his loss and his layoff from Stranded because we hadn't seen much from Drew in that time period after Turks and Caicos. 
where he loses that final immunity by not reposting the not posting in, in each section of the challenge where you're supposed to. Oh, like Ben's mess up in the box. Yes. So he had to go back and post in them. And in that time, he went back to post in them. Lucy got into the final and then won the whole season. Wow. Um, and he was going to win that. So, you know, he said after that season, he was kind of depressed about it he was over it he was like i'm done with the orgs anyway so it just left a bad taste in his mouth he said and then something interesting happened because as we all know lucy passed away a year after almost to the date and he said you know it really put into perspective of how that wasn't my time to win that was lucy's time to win um and it meant a lot more in retrospect and I just thought it was beautiful that like now he's coming back and this is his time to win. Yeah. Or is about to be. And I just I'm a firm believer in that, you know, people things happening at the right time for different people. And I think this is a beautiful ending to to that story as well. So as much as I would have loved Rudy to win, I think a lot of these guys have those stories. You know, even Gerard has that story where he's played, you know, I think Stranded might have been one of his first orgs or at least his favorite org. And um, he was super excited just to come back. And so, you know, each of these guys had that storyline, I think, this season. So any one of them winning, I think, would have been a very poetic because they were all very close to winning their seasons. So uh, but this in particular, I think, hit me hard because that that storyline is one that is more than just a story for me as well. That kind of impacted my life after Turks. So to have this ending for David, who I know is one of our best players and now will probably go down as as one of them. Everyone will remember him after this, I think, is really great. Yeah, I mean, he's I, this season strategy, all that stuff aside, you know, this has been a season of like a lot of stories. I feel like I've really just enjoyed going in and reading these people talk about their last experiences and how they, you know, how so many of them came up just short. We got so many people who were final two, final three, final four, five, six, so many people who had made it so close and like could have had that win if they had just done something different. And that was weighing, I think, on a lot of these people's shoulders throughout the season. And to see them really come in and play so hard, I mean, we would have had a great winner story arcs from, you know, most of the players in the final 10 final 11 moving forward you know most of them would have had great winner stories like to see their journey of where they first started and stranded and and getting here but i think david's in particular um you know i think you talked about it on a previous podcast how if if he had said no to the season like you might have even dropped doing it (laughs) yeah i mean him along well we got several other no's that i really wanted so he might have been the last straw is where i was going okay okay But yeah, no, he was a he was someone who I knew needed a second chance and I wanted him in this in particular among some of the others. But those people all said yes. So, (laughs) um, you know, this was this that was the big thing about this season. I wanted people who needed their time for this to be their time. And I think we got that. I think the final 14 on, you know, we took some risks and we got some people who the timing didn't work out or didn't show up but that's okay because i think the final the merge on we got exactly what i wanted out of an australian and i think that'll be it going forward you know made the point of like this being more of an emotional season and i think that is true for the players but also people watching i think it's just different it wasn't like this the first australian was very much a show it was so over the top and everyone was playing over the top and just having a blast and it's one of my favorite seasons no knock on that at all this one just hits so different because 
there's it's so personal for these people for a lot of them even like sharn who's played in a million of them this was like you know his comeback after four years something like that so and, and it's cool to see people like that play with some that's the cool part about all stars you get these really personal stories about how stranded affected different people over 14 years and you just can't get that in other series maybe some but not not like that you know and so for me, it's it, I love that. I, I think that's why I will do another Australian because I just think it's it's the unique part where we can have these people back. And it's fun to see who might be coming back. And maybe you don't know them because they played 10 years ago, but you finally get to meet them. And it's lots of different things going on. So I really enjoyed it <laughs> to sum up. I think some of our best gameplay, as always, some of our best uh, emotional storylines. I hope these people had a really good time. I think that they did. I think all of the people have a lot to be proud of. I think I got everyone that I wanted to have a big storyline this season, at least had that. They at least got to make the merge with the exception of some of the pre-merge people, but not, you know, most of those were timing issues mm-hmm. but for the most part. I think, you know, we got to see Sarah come back and make an impact. We got to see Michelle redeem herself as not just like Ziggy's shadow and under the radar second placer. We got to see Sharn show why she's the king of Stranded. <laughs> we got to see David come back and make a name for himself here. And we got to see Tommy make a name for himself where before he was just kind of known as the likable guy that was, you know, duped by Missy, where now he's a power player, I think. So oh, yeah. I'm really happy. I'm really happy for these guys. I'm, I'm glad even someone like Gerard, who his storyline hasn't changed too much. We'll talk about the final two now as we try to wrap this up. Even someone like Gerard, I'm glad he got to come back. He got to meet all these people. I think he's a strong competitor. It's not like it was a I do think David will win this pretty handedly, but it's not like it was a no contention. Yeah, Gerard did not play this game badly. Right, right. And I think in a normal season, his game is probably a winning one. Definitely. It's just the season is tough. I mean, I've been thinking about Gerard's game a little bit because I, I did start, I think I started off the season really, really high on Gerard. I loved reading all of his updates. I thought he put himself in an incredible spot in the early part of the game going into the merge. I thought, you know, his positioning was was phenomenal. And I was really excited to see how that would continue throughout the game. And I think... Because his positioning was so good, you kind of get in that dilemma where you don't want to do anything big because you're already in a good spot. The boots that are happening are working out well for you. You know, he knew about the Kylie thing. He thought that would be good for his game for her to go, but him not to vote for her and betray her that way, um, which I thought was a good decision at the time as well for him to kind of let that happen, but not get blamed for it. But I don't think he ended up using that as well as he could have in the end game. Whereas David, who did similar moves where he was aware of things and hid his role in things throughout the season, I think he really capitalized on the opportunities he had, where I think Gerard let a couple of them slip. And that's really where the difference is coming here. Because I think Gerard still played an amazing game. Yeah, I think Gerard played a good social game and challenge game. I don't know about strategic necessarily. In other words, I don't I don't think he was bad strategically. I just don't think he played like a very flashy game where David did. Mm-hmm. I do want to say David was super reserved for a majority of the season to the point where he was playing safer than he ever had and more than he even wanted to. But he knew he had to lay somewhat low because he didn't want to be a huge target in the finals. And that's even why he kept Ben in longer than he should have or yep. they thought he should have. So we really saw the correction of 
McDavid's game where I don't know if Gerard had corrected his game enough from previous editions where, you know, it wasn't like he made the wrong move. He made the right moves in the final two. It's just, did he make enough moves to win? That's the problem. And I think Sarah was saying in Ponderosa, you know, we don't, I don't want someone to win all stars that just was very likable. Yeah. And, you know, know, I I, want to give Gerard more credit than that. I think he played, he, he was aggressive when he needed to be, but not enough. And I think she made a point of, you know, she, he was too safe too much of the time. And then when he did push for a couple of things, you know, he pushed Ben a few times. He really yes. wanted Ben out. And I think his inability to influence those votes at those times, um, I think that really just showcased the difference between, you know, again, final two of him and David, you're having to choose between the two. I think David, when he wanted something done, he got that thing done. And I think there were a couple of instances where Gerard did push for things, but couldn't figure out how to push for it in a way that was successful. Yeah. I mean, we always said, I've always said that I knew what Gerard's problem was going to be. And I was scared he was going to repeat that. I think he did. I don't know if it's necessarily the wrong thing, but it's hard because I don't know if he made the wrong moves. I just think he did. Yeah, it's like, make- I don't know what he could have necessarily done differently. Like a couple of jury management things, maybe. I know Matt was, Matt's super bitter <laughs> um, just about the whole, well, you betrayed yeah. me, so I'm going to betray you. And then Matt's like, well, you knew about the Kylie things. So you betrayed me for, you know, uh, that whole when you get into trust and betrayal and stuff, things always get messy. But from like a game move standpoint, a strategic standpoint, I mean, I don't know what he should have done necessarily to like make a game changing move or do something that could have put him in more of a winning position instead of an end game position. Yeah, it's just one of those things where everyone else had an advantage that they played. I mean, everyone in the final six on had an advantage that they played or an idol that they played at some point, And he didn't have that. Yeah, I mean, he had a mystery box. He had the mystery box. And, I, you know, he I didn't think he use he, it. That's right. I think if he had maybe used that in one of the creative ways he had the opportunity to, he could have pointed to that as his big move in getting yeah. someone out. And he had plenty of opportunity to do that. You know, I even in that message laid out two scenarios where he could potentially mm-hmm. use it. And if he had used that to get out of Ben or someone that would have been his move he could point to. And I just don't think he had that. And you need that because otherwise it's like, well, what did he do? I mean, he played a solid game, but specifically what moves did he make? And you can't, you can't really think of one right off the bat. Mm-hmm. You've got that information. You can choose to weaponize. He definitely played it safe by just telling a few people to the point where, you know, it actually ended up looking, it didn't, it didn't add a plus to his game. It added a negative to other people's games. Like when people were like, Daisy and Ben still don't know that there isn't a newbie. How can they not know after all this time? Weren't they doing the guesses? Uh, I think Kylie was saying something like that when the only reason she found out there wasn't a newbie was because Gerard told her. Right. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. Like nobody did the, yeah. guessing deduction to rule it out like Gerard just told them <laughs> hindsight's uh, 2020 and so the people who got their game knocked for it were just the people who Gerard never told <laughs> it's also ironic because all those people thought that he was the newbie mm. whereas if they had known there was no newbie Maybe, you know, he wouldn't have even needed to worry about that. And I think it is also ironic that he wanted Ben out so badly. But I really think Ben might have been a better option for him to sit next to in the final two. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, though, because Ben also played move. He had moves to point to. And 
other things, but at least I think Gerard's social game is much stronger than Ben's was. Yeah, I think if Gerard had like, okay, okay, here, here, I know we're getting short on time, but I think if Gerard had maybe, you know, final five, final six made the push against David or Sharn, like, and he had been responsible for those pushes. I think it'd be very different um, because then Ben wouldn't really have. Yeah, Ben was, but he was so hyper focused on Ben. I think that might have been a detriment to him. Again, this is all hindsight. I think he played incredibly well. Like he was safe most most of the time. His name was barely out there. Daisy really didn't want him, but I think she saw him as as competition of her sort, um, where she didn't think she had much jury support and thought that he might be taking her spot. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I think the jury has been grilling these two. Gerard and David over the weekend. We're headed to tribal, final tribal in about five minutes. So it's not going to be a unanimous vote and that I'm happy about. Yeah, I think that they they both deserve some votes at least. So mm-hmm. I look forward to it. I think very strong season. I think it'd be a very strong finish. And later tonight, we'll find out who went doing a live vote reveal for the first time in a long time. Whoa. And tomorrow we'll, we'll get to talk to all these guys about what the hell happened, their regrets, their mistakes, their favorite parts of the season. And we'll hand out some awards. And maybe some special awards that we'll be coming up with just for this reveal, this finale. So with that, I want to thank you guys for listening all season. I think it's been a great season. I hope everyone involved had a good time. I think everyone did, with the exception of maybe one person, uh, Jericho. But hopefully he comes around as he normally does. And, uh, you know, is a good sport about it. Normally he is. So I'm hopeful. But time, time helps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard when wounds are fresh. But um, otherwise, I think everyone really enjoyed this. I enjoyed having them all back, and I'm glad they all got this experience. So with that, I think that's going to close us out for our host podcast until we get to talk to these guys and go over some awards. So I look forward to that, and thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye.